Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, and joining me today, I've got a very special guest. She's a Michigan Wolverine. She's an NCAA All-American, and she is a world champion from 2019 in Guangzhou in the 100-meter fly. Please welcome Maggie McNeil. Maggie, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. back in Ann Arbor training at Michigan. Um, how has that been going so far, especially, you know, with, with COVID spiking in, in recent weeks and just, you know, kind of the COVID precautions in general throughout these last few months? Yeah, so for sure. It's great to finally get back. I was in Canada for a bit, but I got back about a month and a half ago. So it's nice to kind of just get back into the routine of kind of, I know what to expect in the schedule and everything. Uh, as far as COVID goes, we're being really careful and we're being really diligent about it, wearing masks on the deck and kind of, we've started spacing out kind of every other lane. So we're really making sure we do our part to flatten the curve. Um, but yeah, the spikes, we're definitely worried about that, but it's out of our control. Um, but hopefully as long as we do our part, that's all we can really do. Yeah. Uh, to let, tell tell me about the first few weeks getting back to Michigan. You know, I think you, I think you guys posted a video. You did a, a long course hundred meter fly. Correct me if I'm wrong. You went a fifty seven six. Yeah, it was fifty seven like two to a stopwatch, so it wasn't really like okay. official. Okay. Um. So but you, yeah. You know, so that was like. Sorry. Um. Yeah. So Rick challenged me. Um. He texted me right before practice and was like, "Bring a suit." Um, we might do some racing and I was like, okay, so I packed it and then I got to practice like, okay, so we're going to do a hundred fly all out. And I was like, okay. Um, he just wanted to kind of simulate, um, like getting up and racing cause it's been a while. And then also just kind of trying to stress me out. So I kind of have the same atmosphere that I would at like, hopefully like a trial meet or like a world championships. And, uh, I mean, t tell me, tell me about that mindset. You know, you, you said he's trying to stress you out, trying to put you in that place. Um, do you, are you someone who gets really stressed? Um, do you feel like you can control that pretty well or, or have a routine that kind of helps you with that, um, in, in those kinds of high tension areas? I would say my, like, I've been getting better at controlling my stress, um, Usually I get pretty nervous before my races um, at Worlds. I think I was particularly nervous just because that was my first like uh, senior national team. Um, but I think over time I've kind of just gotten better at being like, this is just another race. I've swum there and back a couple hundred times before. So it's not really any different. Rick always likes to remind me the pool is the same length. If it's yards, it's 75 feet. I know that now. Um, but yeah, there's really nothing different um, swimming it versus like a big meet versus a smaller one. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, for example, when you went that 57 two, um, just, you know, heading into that race, um, wh what are you thinking about? What are you focusing on? How do you, how do you ring those nerves in? And then once you actually hit the water, um, where, where's your mind at? Yeah. So I think I wasn't thinking too much before. I was just like, I need to go a fast time. Just kind of, this was the first hunter fly. I've done a couple other suited efforts, but none of them were hunter flies. So that was my first crack at it. Uh, so I think I was just nervous in that aspect. And then 
I guess as soon as I started swimming, I kind of just was focusing on, I always count my strokes in my underwater. So usually that's pretty much where my mind automatically goes um, when I start racing. What it, what What is your kick count and stroke count for a hundred meter fly? So my kick count off the blocks is nine and then 20 strokes and then 10 underwater off the turn and then 22 strokes back. 10 off the turn. That's awesome. Nice. <laughs> um, and did you hit that? I think I might've been 23 strokes on the way back, but I think everything else was spot on. <laughs> nice. And so since, since then, uh, I think you've had a few short course, you know, chances to race short course. Um, what has that been like so far, especially again, you know, racing's been a little different with all these COVID precautions and, um, you know, just again, it's, it's, it's been a different environment. Um, how is racing in the short pool been for you? Yeah. So it's nice to get back into it. We've done a couple like inner squad or like, I guess, virtual meets against, um, I think it was Michigan, not Michigan state. Um, anyways. Um, so that was fun. We kind of like compared our results or whatever afterwards, but I guess swimming yards is a lot more technical than it is swimming long course meters, at least like, cause there's so many turns. So that was definitely kind of hard to get back into after training, like mostly long course over the summer. So I think I just wanted to, I swim a lot of backstroke and not a lot of hundreds fly just kind of to like not put pressure on myself to see where I was in relation to this same time, like last year or the year before that is cause I tend to want to like compare myself and like be getting better. And if I don't see those improvements, it kind of stresses me out a little bit. I, I think, uh, a lot of swimmers can relate to that problem or to, to, to that mindset rather. Um, and that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And it seems smart that you would choose to do backstroke. I, I remember seeing the backstroke results and kind of thinking that's, that's interesting. You know, she's not really swimming a ton of fly, but it also, you know, I think you're an NCAA all American backstroke too. So it's not like that's super out of the ordinary, but that's really cool. And it seems like a good way to ease back into that racing environment. For sure. Yeah. It was really great. Just to have the team kind of, all of us were stepping up and some of us put suits on at certain points just kind of to see where we were. Um, but it was definitely a different atmosphere than having another team physically at the pool to compete with. Yeah. Uh, so let's, uh, and, and you mentioned the team atmosphere, how, just how has it been being back with, uh, your Michigan team, you know, after having several months away? Yeah, it feels really good. It's definitely different just because the seniors are gone and we have a new class of freshmen that we're trying to integrate and we all realize how challenging it's been for them kind of to adjust to their new life, not in a normal way, I guess. Um, but we've always been really supportive and kind of trying to lead them in the right direction. I, I yeah, I can't imagine having, having those kids come in, again, being in your position, being in their position and just, it's a, it's a different world. Um, it's, there's, there's a lot of changes, but you know, I'm, I'm guessing everyone's adapting and you just kind of keep moving forward. Um, but let's, let's move back for, for a minute. Um, tell, tell me about your COVID situation, your, your quarantine, um, when it first started in March, uh, the NCAAs were canceled, <laughs> like just only a few days before they were set to set to go off. Um, where did you go from there? Yeah. So I remember that Thursday, like it was yesterday, it was kind of crazy. It was a whirlwind kind of all happened at the same time. 
So it was like the Thursday before we were supposed to leave that the ACC pulled out and then the Big Ten had pulled out. So they then from there on, they canceled all practices as well. So I was kind of not sure what was going to happen, um, especially with the border situation. So I ended up calling my club coach and he said it was totally fine that I could come home and train. So I left that night and was home in like three hours um, just because I lived so close to Michigan, which was nice for once. Um, and then so I ended up training with them. I made it back for one day. Um, and as it was faded, Friday the 13th would be our last day um, swimming in a normal size pool. So then we shut down and then it was really hard, like mentally and emotionally at that point in time, um, just because they had just canceled trials as well. Um, so I just took like a two week break, just usually the transition from big tens to NCs to trials is really uh, grueling. So usually I was going to take a two week break. So Rick was like, take it now and kind of get your head back on straight. Um, and then the situation wasn't really improving at that point. So I had some, we had an elliptical in the basement and some weights. So I kind of was doing a little bit of physical activity, but the motivation was really hard to kind of want to do anything. And then one day my mom made this crazy suggestion that she's like, why don't we open the backyard pool? And it was the middle of March and I thought she was out of her mind, um, but we ended up doing it. So I was in like the 24th of March swimming in the backyard, which was crazy. Uh, so, so you have a backyard pool at your house. Yeah, it's like 13, it's probably like 13 meters and it's a kidney bean shape, not ideal for swimming, <laughs> uh, but we made it work. Okay. And so then how long were you, you know, what, wh what kind of stuff were you doing in that pool and for how long? Yeah. So I ended up getting a power tower um, shipped from the States. So I was using that mainly to kind of swim in place, but I couldn't get enough weight in it and like the water that it would kind of let me swim in place. So it kind of transitioned more to like power work, kind of like what we usually do at school. So either way it was better than kind of just swimming back and forth and doing like 500 flip turns. <laughs> uh, so that went on until from like the end of March, I guess, to like the middle end of June um, when the High Performance Center Ontario was the first like real pool to open back up in Ontario or in all of Canada, I guess. Okay. And so, and then you were able to train there. Yeah. So I went there, we were doing singles at first. So my dad and I, we would just drive back and forth. So we get up at like, 4:30 and kind of make the trek to Toronto and then drive back after. So it wasn't wasn't too bad. Um, and then originally the plan was to come back to Michigan when we first opened in the beginning of July. So then I left Toronto and was with the intention of coming back here. But then we had some other COVID related issues and just the numbers were like increasing rapidly. So then I ended up staying in London for a bit um, and then planned on I kept planning on coming back to Michigan, but it didn't work out, which was okay. And then Eventually, I needed a more permanent solution just because classes were about to start and I needed to kind of get a solid block of training in. So I decided to move to Toronto for the time being, um, which worked out really well. And I was there for around a month before I came back here. That's a <clears throat> that's a lot of movement. Yeah, yeah uh, it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. And so London, is that your hometown in Canada? Yeah, so I'm from London, Ontario. It's like okay. two and a half hours from Ann Arbor. Okay, nice. That's a that's a pretty easy drive. And then how far is it to Toronto? Like two hours. It's like London is almost like right in the middle between Ann Arbor and Toronto. Okay, gotcha. So that's 
Okay. And so when you were training in Toronto, uh, you got to go to the high performance center. Did, was there a pretty good, good sized group there for you to, to work with? Yeah, it was really great. I really enjoyed my time there. It was nice kind of getting to train and swim with the girls that are on the Canadian team and my relay teammates from 2019. So that was definitely nice to kind of train with them and kind of see how they get to train and get to work with that for a little bit and kind of have something new, which is always exciting and get a different like perspective on swimming. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you have any specific memories, a fun story, a fun workout that you did while you were in Toronto? Yeah, they do something in Toronto called the weight swim combo, which I really enjoyed. It's like you do like a really hard, like power workout on like arms or legs, like you isolate one of them and then you'll get out and do like a short, like weight lift with it. Um, focusing on whatever part you worked on in the pool and you do that a couple times, which I thought was really innovative. Uh, what did you get out of that? Or, you know, kind of what's the, how do you feel after that workout? Um, I think overall it felt really good to kind of get some heavy lifting in while also isolating and working on those movements in the pool. And you could definitely feel like the transition um, from the weight room to the pool. Nice. That's a, that sounds pretty cool. I would, I would love to do a practice in pancakes of that someday. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe someday in the future. Um, so you, you train in Toronto. Um, was that your first time training with those, with that group of individuals? Um, or had you been with them before? Were you fairly familiar with them? I'm really familiar just because we're all like, we're all similar ages. We're like all the younger part of the team Canada. Um, but I spent like training camps and like definitely the world's pre-camp with them and a couple like weeks on and off, I guess, throughout the last couple of years. Gotcha. And so I'm, I'm asking because um, from the outside looking in, you came onto the scene fairly quickly when you, when you got to Michigan onto the American scene, um, you know, and, and you've, you've kind of been, rising since or you know making improvements in the pool and on the international stage since then um you know i see you got sixth at trials in 2016 at the canadian trials in the hunter fly so the, how long have you been a part of that canadian national team and you know in 2019 at worlds for example did you feel like a newcomer or were you fairly familiar with with these people who are kind of your contemporaries your age yeah, so I think I definitely was familiar with them. I was on, so my first senior national team was 2019 Worlds, but I was on like the Canadian junior team starting in 2015. Um, my first meet, I think, was the Australian Age Group Nationals when we brought a contingent there. And then I was at um, 2015 Junior Worlds and then 2016 Junior Pampax. So um, that was around the same time that Penny and Taylor and Rebecca and Kyla were all, we were all on the same team together. So I definitely knew them growing up. It's just been a while since I was like on a team with them. Gotcha. Nice. That's, that's pretty cool to, to be able to grow up with, you know, with, with people who are your own age, who um, you make that senior national team and you're already fairly familiar with them. Um, and so let's, let's talk about that 2019 world championships. Um, what, what were your thoughts, you know, once you qualified for that, did you guys have a training camp at all? Yeah. So after trials in April, we had a one week kind of training camp where we kind of got together and worked on relays and kind of team building. So that was happened like in May for like a week. And then we had a two week um, training camp 
in Toyota Japan before we headed over to Korea for Worlds. Okay. And in that uh, training camp in Toyota, how, how are you feeling physically? How are you feeling just confidence-wise heading into your first, you know, senior international meet? Yeah, I think I was super excited. I mean, obviously nervous too, just because it was my first senior national meet, but I think I felt pretty good in the water and it was kind of just the whole experience of it all made it a lot more, I guess, memorable. Yeah. Do you have, um, you know, heading into a big meet like that, do you have any traditions, any, uh, (laughs) any superstitions, um, that, that you uphold going into the meet before the meet when you get to the meet? Not really. I feel like I just like to keep my routine as similar as possible uh, as I can, just to make sure that I know that I can fall back on that and kind of know that that's been the same and a constant um, and the results have gone well, but that's not always the reality, but I like to try to keep it as similar as possible. Makes sense. And so once you get to Guangzhou, uh, did you, Hunter fly, 400 free relay, were those on the same day? Yeah. So the, I did the relay in the morning and then I also had the Hunter fly. So the Hunter fly was my first event at Worlds though. Okay. Uh, tell me about that first prelims. I mean, that's like, it's not an insane double, but that's a double at like a big meet like that. Um, where you, you know, how did you feel about swimming that prelims and then again in the finals? Yeah. So I think I didn't try to focus too much on the double. I kind of just wanted to focus on the hunter fly first. And then I knew the relay was going to come after. So I think the hunter fly was just kind of working on technique and not going full out, but going fast enough that I knew I could make it back. And then on the relay, I knew that was where I had to go. Um, if I wanted the spot on the final relay, just, I was fourth at trial. So it was between the fourth and the fifth person. If we got to swim on the night relay. So I think that I really felt the pressure there. Um, but it was really great doing it with the team and with the girls and it definitely made it more fun and less stressful. Now, you know, you said for the hundred fly, you're just, just kind of focusing on technique, uh, trying, trying to make it back, obviously as, as someone who it was your first worlds, but you know, you had had, you had seen success before that, um, on different stages was that, did that feel comfortable? Did that feel nerve wracking? I mean, you know, again, your first time coming in, but you have that confidence of, you know, I I think I've got something pretty special in the tank. Yeah. So I think I definitely was feeding off the adrenaline at that point. I wasn't like too worried about like going really fast, but I also was like, I need to kind of keep my emotions in check and just focus on what I can do. Like I can't really rely on what anyone else is doing. So I just kind of had to keep myself in my own lane and then just swim it. It really helped that I was kind of beside Sarah for all three prelim semis and finals. Uh, so I think that definitely helped in the end. Well, what was helpful about being next to Sarah for all three races? Like, so I've never really swum beside Sarah previously. So I kind of got to see what her strategy was and kind of how fast she goes and how she brings it back, uh, which I think was useful uh, by the end. Definitely. I mean, that that makes sense. Uh, Before, before we get to that end, um, you know, you have the 400 free relay that night, you have the hundred fly semis, you make it there, you you make it into finals. um, And then uh, you got the anchor. How did you, how do you feel about anchoring? Yeah. 
how do you feel about anchoring relays generally? Generally, I that I used to anchor all the relays um, in age group swimming, so I was used to that. But as soon as I got to college, we realized how slow my relay takeover is. <laughs> so I I've been elected to go first um, on freestyle relays, and then usually swimming backstroke, which I did near the end of last year. Uh, so I didn't have to really do relay takeovers there either. Um, but that's definitely something I want to work on. Um, but I think the scariest part of anchoring was who I was anchoring next to. <laughs> Um, Because on one side, I had Kate Campbell, (laughs) who was the previous world record holder and world champion. And then on the other side, I had Simone Manuel, who was the co-Olympic champion. And then I was, it was just me. And I was like, I just got to go for it. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) what else can you do, right? I I think I'm trying to do the, I'm looking at the results. I'm trying to do the math right now. Were you guys ahead? Were you guys first when Penny touched before I dove in? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so I'm, I'm not trying to rub salt in the wound. I think, you know, you guys ended up in the bronze medal. That's a great accomplishment. And like you said, you're going up against a t- two, two of the world's very, very best. Um, but certainly, uh, so why did they pick you to anchor? Did you tell them like, no, no, I should lead off. I should, I don't, my relay starts not great. You know, did they have that knowledge heading in? I don't think they knew how slow my takeover was, um, but I knew I definitely didn't want to go first just because I feel like the first leg is kind of, you either go really fast or you're last. And that's kind of where you're positioned for most of the race and trying to catch up is a lot harder than being out in front first. Um, So I usually prefer second or third, but um, I was elected to anchor. I think that was because I went the slowest in the morning out of the four girls. And I think they knew it would scare me and make me go faster, which it did. I went almost (laughs) a second faster at night than I did in the morning. Um, But I knew we weren't going to win or come second. So I just wanted to get us a medal at that point. So I rode the waves on the right side and touched the wall third, which was great. Like you said, you went a full second faster, which is crazy i mean that's awesome and uh you know you anchored in 53-1 you guys touched third i mean you were ahead of fourth by th- over three and a half seconds i think so certainly Something did the like job that. yeah <laughs> um but <laughs> uh that's that's a really cool story and uh it really cool that you guys were able to put put a relay together like that i mean heading i just this is my you know my total swim geek side of it like you said, you guys weren't first heading into that final leg. You're you're only to our eyes. You're only improving. Um, how how did you how did you guys feel about that heading into Tokyo 2020 and now Tokyo 2021? What do you? What yeah, do you, we were really excited about it. It was the first time Canada's medaled in a women's relay since 1978. And it made it even more special when we swept all three. We got bronzes in all three relays. So that was the first time I think we'd ever done that. Um, But then the 400 free relay in particular, we were the only relay where everyone was 20 or under. So I think that bodes really well for the future, just since we're so young and hopefully we'll all keep improving and there's still room to grow for next year. Dude, just keep working on those relay swings. (laughs) um (laughs) so i'm sure you have a great relay swing that's that's not like a knock on you anyway um so then you you win a bronze medal like you said first since 78 uh night two the 100 fly comes what's what is your take me through your routine that morning um 
you know, you don't have prelims. What do you do? I don't totally remember what I did that morning. Uh, I don't think I went into the pool though. So I think I slept in and then kind of just rested and then went in earlier, I guess, in the afternoon to kind of start my warm up and my activation. For, for you personally in that, you know, if, again, if you can remember was how much, what, what were your nerves like um, during that day, especially when you're trying to relax or rest or, you know, just calm down and not think about it? My nerves were sky high. Um, I just remember like when I get really nervous, I just get really quiet. So I just wasn't really talking to anyone and Rick and Mike were both there and they knew something was up and I just was like, I'm so nervous. I don't, I don't really know what to do. Um, but somehow I got them a check for the race. Um, but I'm not totally sure how I managed to do that looking back on it. <laughs> uh, so you, you went in seated second, second. Uh, so you're in lane five and, um, so you, you go in early to the pool, start your activation. It t- take me through the night from there. Uh, what, what's your process like? Yeah. So Canada, I know in general, we really emphasize, uh, activation. So we have a really great program. We do like 30 minutes of stretching and strength and kind of power work to get ready to get in the pool. And then I do like 30 minute warm up ish. Um, and then I put my suit on and then I kind of just try to stay warm and relaxed. Um, and then I guess I head to the ready room after that. And then I was kind of intimidated by the people in the ready room. Just, I've always not done well in ready rooms. They kind of stress me out in general. Um, but just seeing like the legends of the sport and in my event were just kind of crazy at that point. And then I kind of was, I guess I just sat back and kind of observed them and what they did and how they conducted themselves to kind of see if there's anything I could take away from that. And then the race just happened and it was very fast, 55 seconds, and then it was over. Uh, before we get into the race, did was, was there anything that you took away from, like you said, those legends of the sport in the 100 fly? Not particularly. I mean, they were all kind of, they were all friendly and they all knew each other. So like, I mean, I've always been one to talk a lot before my race. Um, ex- not usually when I'm nervous. So I feel like regardless, I need to find a way to kind of still incorporate that in, um, to kind of help me calm myself down. That makes sense. And, and, uh, like you said, you know, now, now you're a seasoned veteran. So hopefully the ready rooms, you know, a little more talkative, but, um, like you said, the race happens. It was a quick 55 seconds, um, standing on the blocks. Did you, how much confidence did you have, especially like you said, knowing you kind of knew what to expect from Sarah in particular? I guess I had more confidence knowing that um, she was going to go out fast and I knew my strategy was the exact opposite. So I just knew I couldn't kind of get ahead of myself and start to spin my wheels too fast on the way down unless I wouldn't be able to get back. So I think I just had to just kind of forget about what Sarah was doing and focus on just keeping a controlled first 50 and then putting, turning my speed on after. Again, from the outside looking in, we, everyone, I, I personally kind of, kind of had pegged you as like a really good short course swimmer. And I didn't really know what to expect long course as a swimming fan. Um, Cause you had great underwaters in the NCAA 
And so it's like, yeah, uh, people who have really good underwaters, you know, sometimes that doesn't translate to long course. Um, do you have a preference of long course or short course? I really did when I arrived in college. Um, I was always, I was always a fan of short course meters and then making it even shorter and going to yards. I love that even more. Um, (laughs) and then over the summer, I guess of 2019, I realized that I enjoyed long course a lot more than I thought I did. And then there's just some days now where it's just like, if I don't feel like doing a bunch of turns or if I kind of want to just be able to focus on my stroke more and just be able to just swim a longer distance at one point, then I'll just prefer swimming um, long course, but it really depends on the day, but I do enjoy both a lot more now. Yeah. What do you enjoy about that long course swimming? You know, you, like you said, you kind of, you kind of get some more time to work on your stroke. Um, but yeah, what, what do you enjoy about long course now? Yeah, it's just not a lot of stopping and starting. It's kind of, in, it's more relevant, I guess, to when you're trying to work on pacing or swimming at, um, for trials or anything like that, just because you can see your times and you can easily know how that relates to your actual race. I don't totally know how conversions work yet. I'm still trying to figure that out, um, but I just know they're not that accurate. So (laughs) definitely certain sets. I prefer to do long course, but other ones, short course is definitely the way to go. What is, what is a long course favorite of yours? What set would you prefer to do long course? Lots of fifties fast (laughs) or anything underwater where it's like easy. Okay. All right. Nice. (laughs) Um, so then did, did you swim any other individuals or did you only have the medley relay at that 2019 world championships after the hunter fly? Yeah. So I ended up with a pretty full schedule, um, after the first two days. So I was on, I did both prelims and finals of the mixed medley, which was, I believe the next day. And then I had the 50 fly, um, that I qualified in for trials. So I did that and I didn't make it past semis. And then after that, I got put on the prelims of the 400 mix free relay. And then I did the finals of the medley relay on the last day. Okay. Yes. That's that's pretty busy. Um, so after, after having, you know, won that hundred fly, uh, what was the medley relay like, um, for you personally, just mindset wise heading into that race? The mixed medley or just the women's medley? Just the women's medley. The women's medley, I think we were excited because we wanted to get that third place because the four by two, they had just won bronze. So we knew we, that was definitely a goal of ours. And we knew we had two world champs in our relay. So we were pretty confident, I think, going in that we would get third. And then we didn't realize it'd be so close between us and second place. Um, but that's definitely something to work towards uh, for next year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, you, you, it's a, it's a fairly young core and seemingly you've, you've got room for improvement. So that's, that is exciting. Um, one more question on that hundred fly, you know, you, you touch first, you realize you win, um, in the, in the ensuing few hours, few days, few months, um, has, do you feel like that race has changed anything for you? whether that's, you know, outside of your life or just you personally, how you approach your swimming? 
I guess both. I mean, personally, I have a lot more confidence and kind of know that I belonged on the world stage at that point. Um, before that, I was kind of like, was it a fluke that I went that fast at trials and made the team? And then I guess externally, just being a role model for other kids, especially on my club team. Um, I really noticed it when I go home to like watch meets or like watch my sister compete. Uh, everyone's wanting autographs and pictures. And I'm just like, I'm like, this is, I'm wowed. Like this is still unreal. And I hope I can like make an impact on the younger swimmers. Yeah. I, it's certainly seems like a, a cool position to be in. Um, it's total change of topics. Did you watch the ISL at all? Yes. I had to carve time out of my day. Like I had, if I had class, I was like, Hey, I'm going to watch the lecture and then watch ISL. <laughs> there were some, yeah, they were on at random times. I, I had trouble keeping the schedule straight, but. And they weren't the same times either. It was like 4am one day, 12 <laughs> o'clock the next day, but definitely tuned in if I could. Yeah, I know. I had to write like the whole schedule down be because they were just so sporadic. But um, what what was your favorite part about getting to watch that season two in particular? I think I really enjoyed like the 400 medley relay and the emphasis that was placed on it. I think it was a lot more different. Like I watched it last year too, but I definitely noticed the difference this year just because I guess the relays are always such a big part of the meet. But I think having them be able to pick the skins made it even more integral than it would have been last year. Yeah. Uh, are you, is ISL something you are itching to do or are you, <laughs> is that something you would do in the future? Yes, I, I really want to, for sure. That's definitely a goal if it's still going on then. I, I really hope so. That would, <laughs> it would be cool. I've never... I've never even gotten to see you swim short course meters. So I feel like I've seen you swim yards and seen you swim long course. And I feel like that would be pretty exciting. Yeah. Do it's been a while since I've swim meters. So I'm like looking at these times and I'm like, I start to forget how fast short course meters times are and kind of how they relate to yards and long course now. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad the ISL is around because for that reason. So I can be like, so I can actually get a gauge on what short course meters times mean uh because otherwise it, yeah it's just kind of like uh, that's a time <laughs> yeah for sure um so so wrapping up moving forward into the next couple weeks couple months um do you have short-term goals obviously the olympics are on the horizon maybe ncaa's are on the horizon but who knows you know so with with all that uncertainty um what are you focusing on you know heading into christmas heading into what what is hopefully uh ncaa conference season yeah so everything is so unknown i don't even know if i can plan like next month uh i guess it will all depend on um the quarantine days um for when i return to canada for trials so i think that will pretty much dictate how my nc2a season will look this year um, but I'm super excited because the Big Ten is scheduled dual meets um, for the Big Ten Conference starting in January. At least that's what we've been told. So I think that'll kind of be fun to get back into real racing and getting to compete with another team like in person. Nice. Yeah. I, yeah. I think we're all ready for dual meets again. Then 
obviously can't rush it, but that would be exciting if that does end up happening. Um, well, Maggie, thanks so much for your time. Any parting thoughts before we close out? No, I'm good. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim Podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.